Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. Catesby Lee is with us today. He's written numerous pieces for First Things and shown himself an astute and learned critic of public art and architecture uh, in the United States. He had an essay in City Journal recently entitled Richmond's Rage of the Woke. That's our topic today. Welcome, Catesby. Thank you, Mark. Now, Good to be with you. Uh, you know, I saw your article uh, on Richmond and People don't often think of Richmond as a great town for architecture. But, you know, when I was there a few years back, my host drove me through a lovely old residential area, and he said to me that this was the largest cluster of Victorian architecture in America. Have you heard that before? No, I haven't. Um, I suppose he was referring to... Monument Avenue, um, but I'm not certain. Monument Avenue uh, was a real estate development pegged to the creation of the Robert E. Lee Monument. And um, the monument uh, was built in 1890, and the avenue uh, was built after that. Mm-hmm. And so that you're still in the Victorian period, um, it went. The development went on for decades. I would not think of Monument Avenue as a Victorian thoroughfare myself, but I, I can't imagine whatever what other street he was thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> he he may have been just just you know the residential area in in maybe maybe going back to the 1880s 1890s uh around there but your focus is on as you as you implied statuary here yeah now uh what what has prompted this article well the george floyd protests um led to the defacement and removal of every Confederate monument on the streets of Richmond, except for one, which will be gone very shortly. Um, there is the one that remains is um, A.P. Hill on the north side of the city. He was an, uh, a, an, a subordinate of Stonewall Jackson with a very distinguished war record. His statue uh, rests on top of Hill's grave, so it has greater statutory protection, but it will not be there much longer. It's also not in a central location. Every other um, Confederate monument on the streets of the city is gone, and it represents a significant civic art loss. And 
it didn't. I mean, th- there there were movements to take them down before George Floyd, though, weren't there? Now, it was different and different in the deeper South because the movement um, to remove Confederate monuments got real traction in the deeper South after Dylan Roof murdered nine African-American church members in Charleston. Mm -hmm. Um, Roof was one of these uh, people who sort of been turned into monsters um, by the Internet, by, you know, uh, just this isolation and the psychosis that develops when you're feeding on the wrong Internet stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but um, he, he had an impact on the Confederate monument issue because there were photos of him emerged uh, brandishing the Confederate flag, the stars and bars. Mm-hmm. So the uh, move. The removal of the three principal Confederate monuments in New Orleans uh, got underway after um, Ruth's crime was committed, uh, got underway quite soon. It wasn't um, until 2017 that the New Orleans monuments were actually removed, but that was because of legal delays and whatnot. Mm hmm. So in Richmond, um, it really was the George Floyd that 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 in Richmond there was a it wasn't it really wasn't until after the unite the riot in Charlottesville in August 2017 that you started seeing serious discussion, uh, including by the mayor who uh, Levar Stoney, who's always been very hostile to the Confederate monuments. Um, it was after Charlottesville that the discussion heated, it really heated up in Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. You refer to the area around the Robert E. Lee statue there as having become an, quote, anarchist's playground. What, what happened there? Well, the circle, uh, is, uh, on which the monument is situated is uh, 200 feet wide. It's a turfed circle. It's a lot of real estate. And the equestrian monument is at the center. And um, the monument uh, has steps at the base. It has a 40 foot tall pedestal. uh, And um, the circle became the rallying point for the George Floyd protesters. This was largely BLM and Antifa. um, There were large street protests in the immediate aftermath of the Floyd killing um, that were about half black, half white. Uh, The city is half black. overwhelmingly peaceful but from the get-go there were serious troublemakers and so even during that first weekend after um the floyd killing that first weekend the big protests uh there was a rash of arson uh 
uh, in Richmond. And, uh, for instance, the headquarters of the United Daughters of the Confederacy was torched. And, but hmm. uh, also stores, uh, stores were torched. Um, and Casey, do you know was, if there were any arrests made? Yes, there were arrests, but it's hard to break down for what. I've seen a, a list of people, uh, one list, it's not official, of people who were arrested. It's hard to tell whether the arsonists um, got arrested. I have the impression they did not. But there were over 300 arrests over the course of months. I mean, the agitation went on for months. And the, the deal was that it wasn't, these were small uh, protests. They numbered in the hundreds as opposed to the thousands you were seeing on the streets at the outset. There were, there were a few hundred core agitators, maybe as few as 200. Uh, over 300 were arrested. Uh, over the over the months of uh, protest, but um, a lot of them are getting off. Um, a lot of the charges aren't sticking. Yeah. So and and the and the process is still underway. The final results aren't out yet. Was there any civic debate, genuine debate that preceded the 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 removal? No. Uh, Stoney removed the city-owned statues uh, himself, basically. Uh, he did not even have a go-ahead from the city council. Hmm. Uh, he hired a contractor. Uh, it was a $1.8 million contract to take out the city-owned uh, monuments. And uh, that was not that that uh, was that money was not appropriated by the city council. And the deal is under a investigation by a, a state attorney. Um, I think his action uh, was was illegal. Uh, a judge uh, called it a wrongful act, a, a state judge, which based in Richmond, called it a wrongful act. I don't think there's much question as to its illegality. Hmm. Uh, The difference here, Mark, the difference here is that the Robert E. Lee, which is still up, is owned by the state. And its removal is now a matter of litigation, which is now before the Supreme Court. The, The state Supreme Court? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who are the people filing suit to prevent its removal? Well, you've got people have filed suit both as regards the city-owned monuments and the Robert E. Lee. And um, the Robert E. Lee and, and, and litigation is still pending as regards both. The Robert E. Lee is different, however, because a a deed was signed by the governor with the authorization of the state legislature in 1890. And the parties to the deed were the governor and the state. 
the monument association that built the Lee Equestrian and the family that donated the land to the monument association for the monument. Now, this, the monument association no longer exists, but the family has descendants and one of them has uh, claimed quite plausible, very plausibly, that he is heir to an easement, a property easement for that property. And also um, the plaintiffs are arguing that the deed amounts to a perfectly enforceable covenant that the state has not provided a legal justification for abrogating. So this is a serious legal issue, and you could tell how seriously the, the uh, state solicitor general took it when he played the race card and oral argument before the Supreme Court last month. Hmm. What did he say? Well, I, can, I actually have a quote for you. Um, so in response to um, the property easement, the inherited property easement issue, um, the Solicitor General, uh, General declared, no court has ever recognized a personal inheritable right to dictate the content of core government speech about a matter of racial equality, and this court should not be the first one ever to do so. Now, what he is saying is that the Lee Monument, which is an honorific monument, plain and simple, is a statement affirming racism, affirming white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And that is a very cynical misinterpretation of the statue. Second, he is um, telling the Supreme Court, if you rule against Governor Northam, who originally ordered the statue's removal, if you rule against Northam, you are racists. That's what he's saying. You yeah. are defending racist speech. Yeah. And, you know, that's pretty nasty business because um, the, the atm political atmosphere in Virginia is pretty toxic. It, it's an election year, but, but going much deeper than that, you, you still have the BLM Antifa people around. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, the Solicitor General is saying, uh, if you rule against Northam, all hell's going to break loose. Mm hmm that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have Virginia Republicans who represent people who actually do not want these statues removed, have the Virginia Republicans stepped up at all? No, they've been useless. And, uh, the, the deal with Richmond itself is it's extremely liberal just overwhelmingly liberal. So I don't know. Uh, I'd be surprised if, it, if a third of the city population supports retaining the monuments. 
Now, how much of the city population, how much of the black community really cares about the monuments? That's another issue. I mean, it's one thing to actively sympathize with retention of the monuments. And uh, it's uh, and it's also you can't say just because somebody doesn't care whether the monuments remain or not that that means they really want them to go. It's very, I'm not clear on, you know, the, the profile of black public opinion in terms of, and I'm not sure you can be because you, um, oh, it's unlikely an African-American is going to tell a pollster he wants the Confederate monuments to stay, but it's hard, harder to tell how much he, he or she cares. And I say that because um, a lot of black Richmonders um, have much more ur urgent concerns on their hands. The, the, the African-American community in Richmond has very, very serious uh, social issues to deal with, very front burner issues. So it's complicated. Republicans have been useless. There has been no real organized opinion in Richmond um, defending the monument's retention. You saw that in Charlottesville. I mean, Charlottesville, liberal college town. They had an excellent outfit called the Monument Fund, which was one of about a dozen litigants uh, defending retention of a Robert E. Lee equestrian and a Stonewall equestrian. Uh, the effort was unsuccessful, but the Monument Fund put up a website with excellent arguments for retention of Confederate monuments. And you just saw nothing like that in Richmond. Let's pause for a moment to ask if you were looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, as well as a campus in Rome, Italy, all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Did, did any of the pedestals or the markers express white supremacy? Could, could you say that again? I'm sorry. Did any of the pedestals or the markers accompanying the statues express explicit proposals for white supremacy? Uh, no. No. The, um, the... There was a, I'll tell you what, what you had on Monument Avenue. Uh, Matthew Fontaine Maury, who was uh, a, a world-renowned oceanographer, uh, who served in the Confederate, uh, I think he was in the Confederate Navy. He developed a very effective sea mine. But he is basically known as an oceanographer, and his whole, and his monument was entirely devoted to his oceanography oceanographic exploits. He was brilliant. Hmm. Um, then you had Stonewall Jackson. Uh, there's nothing on the pedestal but his name. Then you had um, Jefferson Davis. That was 
that uh, Jefferson Davis monument was just covered with uh, uh, praise of Davis himself, of the Confederate Army and Navy, uh, and um, not a word about white supremacy, and of course not a word about slavery. Slavery does not appear on Confederate pedestals. And uh, the the daughters of the Confederacy uh, were very focused on the South's constitutional right to secede as they saw it. Uh, And so it's all about uh, uh, constitutional issues uh, regarding states' rights, not a word about slavery. Hmm. Now, you say that uh, in in some episodes the police just stood by while the monuments were were trashed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why did they do that? Five cases. Five cases. That was... uh, that was Stoney's orders, the mayor's orders. That's that's the only explanation I can think of. That the mayor just told the cops to stand down. I can't see any other explanation. Yeah. Uh, you you call the idea that efforts to defend the statues are the equal of defenses of white supremacy. You just call it bunk. What is what 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 are the arguments that they make? They do, do they just assert the equivalence? They don't make arguments. Well, the the protesters, uh, the protesters logic is that the Confederacy was there to defend slavery. Therefore, uh, the uh, all those who fought for Confederate Confederacy were involved with nothing more than defending slavery. There were, there were no other issues. And therefore, you cannot see Robert E. Lee as anything other than a white supremacist slavery advocate. And that is extremely simplistic to the point of being extremely misleading. Yeah. The, I, I mean, we know that the, the vandals, the, the anarchists, they, they don't know anything about the people who, who those statues that were. They don't know, they know anything problem. about white supremacy. I mean, I, I've actually been in, in some discussions and I've said to people, well, you know, the, the, the height of white supremacy in America was, was what, 1890 to 1920, 25. Can you name three prominent white supremacists around that time? Or name one. Just name one. Give me one name. They don't know. They don't know. KSB. What what is the yeah. motivate? What what is going through? What was going through their heads when they attacked? Well, that is an excellent question. Um, I think the, the the issue you want into is the cherry picking of historical facts so that you isolate all the negatives. And, and that's, let's be honest, that's not that hard to do with the Confederacy. Um, it, but you just, all you do is focus on the negatives. And um, 
And so you don't really have any organic sense of what the South was. Now, um, I uh, do not believe in airbrushing um, the realities of Southern history. But I, what I lament is that that more organic sense of the South which came through so brilliantly in W.J. Cash's The Mind of the South, which is now 80 years old. That's just been lost. There's just no interest because if you look at the complexities of history, um, you know, that, that, that puts the damper on, on the righteous indignation you hanker for. And, uh, so that's really where we are. And these kids, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure, you know, their education has just been catastrophic in the sense of this, of, of them being sort of indoctrinated through this cherry picking of history. Yeah. And they must be intoxicated in some way to be able to tear down the, uh, the greats. Feels good. Well... I don't know. I, uh, this is the, I remember um, reading the transcript of a court hearing where um, a, the city engineer was called in. And the city engineer said, you know, before tearing these statues down, somebody must, um, must, somebody must have made a pretty careful examination to determine what it would take to do it. And he suggested that there were engineering students among the iconoclasts. Uh, I have no idea if that's true. Um, but it's, hmm. you know, this wasn't, this wasn't a spur of the moment thing. This was mapped out. And this is what disturbs me, that, um, you know, you have possible conspiracy uh, issues. I don't know what the legal term is. I don't know if RICO, you know, a racketeering issue is uh, um, deducible. But you know that, that, that there was a there was organization for this st iconoclastic campaign, and uh, that's what you're not getting to. You know, you're getting the individual kids who were arrested by the cops, and they're you know, being charged with crimes related to civil disorder, but you're not getting to the larger organizational um, uh, issues. Hmm. And I'm, 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 I'm quite sure they're there. But the, I it, do not think the state or the city is interested in investigating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think people, a lot of people in America are surprised by the, we'll just say the selective prosecutions at the degree to which political considerations go into the administration of, of the law. I think it's a I bit of a shock to a lot of people. I, you know, it, I think uh, the administration of justice has always been um, political uh, to a significant degree. It's just that the bar has been raised so high in the case of the leftist protesters for when the public authorities will really move to uh, 
administer justice in a suitable manner. And like I say, you know, uh, the big issue here is organization. That's the the biggest crime in my view. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like I say, I don't know with 100 percent certainty uh, you have prosecu- prosecutable crimes of organization, but I strongly suspect you do, and I don't see any sign that that's been investigated by by the public authorities. Were, were some of those statues genuinely superb works of art? By the standards of uh, the 19th century uh, and early 20th century, um, they're they're very good. They're very good. The Lee, the Lee is a realist statue. It's an academic realist representation. Uh, it was done by a French sculptor, Antonin Mercier. Um, honestly, for a strict strictly artistic merit, I would say the pedestal is better than the statue. But still, the statue. Um, is successful. It is successful and it has a beautiful silhouette on the avenue. And um, that and the Jeb Stewart are the two best. Jeb Stewart is at the uh, east end of Monument Avenue where it turns into Franklin Street. Um, That was, uh, those were the two best. And, but, but, these are definitely worthy representatives of public sculpture of their period. They, they, they have artistic merit. I'm, my qualification arises from the fact that public sculpture increased in quantity throughout the Western world in the 19th century, but the, the quality level you'd had in earlier centuries was not maintained. And that's a complicated issue. But I w- regarding Richmond, I'll just say the best statue in Richmond is Houdon's statue of George Washington in the Capitol building. And it may be the best statue in the United States. Uh, hmm. And that dates to the 1790s. Hmm. Uh, where are the statues that were taken down? Where are they now? Well, they were taken to a wastewater treatment plant, the city wastewater treatment plant, which is actually uh, very close to an elevated stretch of I-95. I do not know where they are now. Uh, there is speculation they've been moved to another location. If that's true, I don't know where. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know? Do do the do the organ or the, do the politicians really think that episodes like this will improve the public square? Will ease racial tensions? The thing is, the politicians were running scared. I I. I, I think that um, they they really didn't have any principled argument uh, to make for the retention of the Confederate statues. I think the mayor 
found them offensive or at least I, I'm, I'm sorry to say I have a I do not have a high opinion of him. I think he found it convenient to make very demagogic uh, statements about the Confederate monuments. He uh, and this was out, you know, he was doing this probably even before Charlottesville, certainly after. So, you know, it was like the protesters were taking him at his word. And but he could he didn't even muster the principle to say we're doing this in a lawful manner. He he just caved in to the protesters. He didn't wait around uh, for the re- legally required uh, 30-day review period before the monuments were removed. He just went ahead and took them out. And I do think, uh, and it's my, my personal opinion, I do think uh, he was scared of the protesters. Uh, he was just sort of running scared. But I, I could be mistaken. But, you know, he, he simply failed to uphold the law completely. And um, he's never been held to account for it. Uh, there is this there is litigation underway. Um, the Supreme Court will decide on the city monuments as well as the Robert E. Lee monument. I'm not optimistic on either uh, on either score. I think. Uh, I think they're probably doomed, uh, almost certainly doomed. I think the the Lee Monuments removal raises contract issues under the Constitution, U.S. Constitution, um, according to uh, one of the plaintiff's attorneys. But I doubt the U.S. Supreme Court would take the case. The essay is Richmond's Rage of the Woke. Catesby Lee, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.